Good evening. Happy birthday to you, etc. Yes, etc. Indeed. Yeah, I'm old now. I'm into my fourth decade. Yeah, yeah. And a bit of a dickhead, but we won't bring that up. Yeah, I will. I'll have to. I've apologized to you off air as well, but I must apologize to you on it. I had intentions to come down and we would record together and get drunk together, but that couldn't happen. Lousy. Instead, I because, yeah, I guess we're going to get into talking about this in a second. But the reason I couldn't come down is, of course, because Dublin was on its way onto a whole new lockdown. I was intended to travel before that came in, but because it was a birthday weekend, I had to go to Kilkenny too. So I said, yeah, fuck Stephen, I'm going to go straight to Kilkenny and see family. Lousy. Oh, lousy completely. But look, I'll make it up to you. What I did see when I was in Kilkenny was a bunch of Trump campaign stickers. Uh, Trump campaign stickers? Yeah, and I knew they were from this current campaign also because they said, keep America great. People had just put up a bunch of keep America great stickers on this sign in someone's garden. Ironically, or... No, I mean, I I, I don't think so. Nothing felt ironic about them. Well, if yeah, if it didn't lose irony... They're doing it wrong. Yeah, no, they were just very closely clustered together, you know, and they were just in this one confined space. I didn't see them anywhere else in Kilkenny, so no one's going around on the same kind of campaign that they are against the guys in the Bernard Shaw with that horrible sticker. It's just this one cluster of Keep America Great stickers, which just, I, I have no idea where that could have come from, you know? What's your motivation in putting up a bunch of... Well, I thought it was just as weird putting up the Joe Biden stuff above in Belna. Did you see that? No, what was that? They put, they put up a billboard for Joe Biden or something. Go and fuck. What did it say? I can't remember. It was It was like... But it, it's equally as weird, regardless of where we're at. I'm just going to look it up now. Um, Biden Belna. And I spelled Biden with the name. Giant mural of Joe Biden unveiled in County Mayo Town. And it's just a big picture of Joe Biden looking with wonky eyes and what looks to be, I know, is that the Chilean flag behind him or what? <laughs> What's the flag with the three, with with the stars down the side of it? It looks kind of, definitely doesn't look like an American flag. Anyway. That's extremely unusual. Yeah, what a bunch of gomies. Yeah. Oh, well, I'd still rather Biden stickers than Trump stickers now, in fairness, because... I d- um, honestly don't think it makes it, uh, it makes the damn slightest bit if you're in a fucking backheel Irish town. But fuck off, Kilkenny's on a backheel Irish town. <laughs> I'm not letting that drop for a second. Kilkenny's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed being in Kilkenny. It was great to be uh, at home and see family and stuff for a while and just to get out of Dublin. I'm getting so fucking sick of Dublin with not being able to do anything here that to get away for a couple of days was was super nice now that you're back how is dublin it's okay so dublin obviously yeah we're going to get to the changes that have come in in dublin in the last while but i was walking about today because i I took a a couple of days off because i was getting older and i needed to process that and just because i had lots of holiday time that i haven't taken this year and i was walking around the city and there were loads of people about and they're still in you know the coffee shop sitting outside and they're still in the shops and the shopping centers so 
to the casual visitor just romping up to Dublin, nothing has changed. There's still people out in the canal. There's still people going around. There, like, there doesn't seem to be any fewer people using public transport. Mm. Now, I guess what we should consider is what this new lockdown entailed for people in Dublin because there was a, a whole lot of time last week where no one knew what this you know level three with benefits was going to be it's just oh lockdown's coming and and no one knew what the fuck so mm. i did make a note of the most meaningful restrictions that will have an impact on people's lives right so we've got as with earlier iterations of lockdown you've got to limit people to private home visits to a maximum of six visitors from one household only that one household only thing is relatively new we didn't really have that in main lockdown that they would yeah. say, oh, this is where they can come from. It's just these people can come. Uh, all dining must be outdoor or takeaway, which could fucking look doing that in Ireland in autumn. And in addition well, to that... Well, that just means you can all you can get is takeaway, really, because you're not going to be fucking eating chips with seagulls trying to eat you. No, but restaurants and pubs that have outdoor areas can serve food in outdoor areas. Okay, so you could, like, go... If if a place had a really good smoking area, you could go there and eat. Yeah, for for a Limerick reference, Mickey Martin's could open their outside area. Yeah, but I mean, would you really want to be eating outside Mickey Martin's? If that was the only place I could get a pint, which which is the problem. And walking around Dublin... But you don't, you don't have to eat to get a pint anymore. In Dublin, maybe. Yes, exactly. Well, this is the Dub- Dublin uh, Level 3 with benefits we're talking about. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought they had done away with the nine euro thing altogether and that you could get a pint but wet pubs were still closed that's what i thought was happening perhaps but this next part to the restriction is why i think it's going to stay also, in i hate that term wet pubs wet in general is a disgusting word and people should be ashamed of their bodies <laughs> these wet and gushy pubs <laughs> in, in addition only a maximum of 15 people at a time can be in an outdoor dining space right so that's why I believe the pubs are still going to be saying, no, you have to buy food because if someone's buying food, they're spending a lot more than they are if they're just buying a pint. Mm. Uh, weddings and funerals will have a maximum of 25 people, but all other church ceremonies must be brought online. No indoor gatherings, which is cinemas, theatres, events and conferences. Museums, galleries and cultural attractions are closed. Hotels can open but with services limited to residents, which is a very non-fucking statement because that just means hotels are open. Yeah. Because I can say, oh, I'm going to stay in the hotel down the road for the weekend and then I can drink in there all the fuck I want and I can eat in there and I can do whatever the fuck I want. I actually got a... kind of had it in my head I was going to go to Frankfurt this weekend. You shill. Well, the thing was they lifted the restrictions... So you're allowed travel and you're allowed to go through Dublin to travel. And Germany had its restrictions lifted. And then I re- I booked a flight. The flights were for fuck all. And then it I saw that, oh, they're looking on Thursday of bringing back in the restrictions on Germany and Iceland. So I was just like, ah, oh, bollocks to that. Yeah. Cause I, cause um, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going um, quarantining for the sake of a weekend away. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Especially not for somewhere like Frankfurt. Yeah, like I would have done it, you know, if I if I had two weeks away or a week away, grand. But yeah, the ratio it, it doesn't work. Also, did you see um, Mike Murphy was in some newspaper? 
he gave out to Michal Martin. He met him in the in the corridors of RTE because he'd booked flights to Italy and then they changed it. No. Which I thought was like delightfully egocentric. I mean if that if that's the worst you can give out to the T shock of the country about is I was going on my I was going on my holidays in this pandemic and you spoiled it. But the the best uh, zinger I saw about uh, about Michal Martin recently came from Ian Paisley Jr., who said he's dour enough to be a Protestant. I saw that, yeah, it was very good. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a fucking burn. Especially come from Paisley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's um, he got the tone completely right. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was very good. Yeah. So we've got uh, also in Dublin. Then with with lockdown, schools are open, retail is open, and playground areas are open. With the general advisement to cut the amount of social interactions you had before in half. Personally, I don't think my lumbers are divisible by two. So um, that's going to make fuck all difference to me. But the main takeaway I'm taking, which takeaway is all I'll be getting in the foreseeable, is that pubs are fucked. You can't go to the church, museum and cultural attractions, but schools are open. Yeah, yeah. Come on to fuck. And in primary schools, they don't even have to wear face masks. Yeah. I mean, I understand why they don't have to wear face masks, but how that is manoeuvrable, I do not know. And now, I don't know if it's just my social circle is an outlier, but a lot of the people I'm talking to, the people in their family who are getting tested at the moment are all fucking kids. Mm. So, like, we, we are seeing, okay, maybe... The fact that we're getting, it's getting a little bit colder now, head colds are common, most of these cases are head colds, but it's a sign that the schools aren't fucking safe either. It's nuts that the well, doors are see, still open. You can see it in the numbers anyway. I mean, yeah. the numbers are gone mad. What was it today? 320 something. I didn't check today, actually. Is it is it that high? It is, yeah. I think it's 320 or 30, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's on the rise back up and... Even though I'd been kind of preparing for this uh, lockdown too with benefits, it really, like it was signposted because people knew NFET were going to recommend the new restrictions. But I'm still feeling pretty grim about it. Having a second lockdown come in is just making things hit home a bit more about how far we have left to go with this. Like for me, the rest of the year is obviously going to be a write-off. And past that, we don't even know past that because are we looking at the end of next year? Very probably. It's it's now, not that lockdown was ever fun, but it was the kind of, oh, isn't this a great story we're going to have to tell later on, you know, to, uh, to grandkids people we don't know who died. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, that was a very self-centred way for me to look at it. But... but now when we're approaching a second lockdown and a third one may be inevitable after that too it's now is when the stamina exercise really comes in because at least me personally I'm starting to feel that even though we've had six months of it already that's not necessarily going to be the biggest chunk of time we spend like this Hmm. and it's getting a frustration set into me that I don't want to become a person who gets bitter about it because bitter is what you see people raging about online like i saw one absolute fuckhead on twitter uh i'm not going to give him the benefit of putting his name out because i don't want anyone going following him because he seems a right prat but needless to say he's from dublin and he works in finance 
and mm. his tweet said, Memo to the rest of Ireland. Dublin paid 56.5% of tax revenues last year. Tax advisors already backlogged trying to meet November deadline. A hashtag Dublin lockdown could end in fiscal tears and he tagged Pascal Donoghue and hashtag IFAC. And it just felt like the kind of fucking smug Dublin tweet that was supposed to end with yes fucking cold cheese yeah. You know like don't lose the plot because you are in the area in Dublin where things aren't good maybe you're part of the fucking problem for that mm. and and just this we paid more than half the tax go fuck yourself oh it really it really puts the shits up me and, and i guess when i see people like that it's a lot more of an incentive then for me to go ah yeah do you know what cop on to yourself and just don't get pissed off it's a real gowly thing to be at even even just fucking mentioning fiscal anything just fuck right off yeah if yeah, if th- that's a word we who speak the English language do not need at all. Fiscal, what the fuck is fiscal? Bollocks. That's what fiscal is. And I know I, I'm almost just as to blame for taking out the actual human element, but to see him just completely bring it down to to money is is really greasy. That's what it is. It's pure yeah. greasy. Puts the shit up you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to training after this episode with all my friends. It's just as well as five aside, so... It's seven aside tonight because of a few extra bodies. You made two new friends. <laughs> Four. <laughs> oh, I had, a, I had a heady weekend. Got mm. lots of head. I did a good bit of drinking. Go on, tell me about your good bit of drinking. Went out to the pub and with pizza and I drank loads and then... Um, and then I had a load of, of whiskey and then I kind of, you know, kind of... Dragged into the next day because I wasn't on quite right. Because mm-hmm. there was a bit of drinking the next day. And then Monday when the pubs reopened, I had I had a pint or two. It definitely wasn't keto, I'll, I'll put it that way. Have you heard anything I said in the last 15 minutes about feeling really shit, about not being able to go outside? That's why I was doubling <laughs> down. Like. So pubs are full open now down for you? Yeah, yeah. can wander in, get a pint, wander out. Did it feel like a novelty? It did, but it's they're also not as fun in the sense that, you know, you're like, I'm not great at sitting still. That's not one of my strong suits. You are a notoriously fidgety person. Going to the pub, I like getting up, heading to the bar, uh, you know, getting my drink, sitting down, maybe wandering out to a smoking area or whatever. Hmm. Um. And I like doing all that kind of stuff. Whereas if you're just walking in, sitting down, it's kind of like, oh, well, there's a bit of fun gone. Uh, doesn't it also take away a lot of the pretense of drinking? How do you mean? In a pub, if you're standing up and walking around, you're kind of just, you know, dancing around the fact that you're just sitting down here to get drunk. Whereas yeah. when you're when you go into a pub and there's, even though there's only one thing to do in a pub anyway, the fact that you can just sit there in that one space and just do that one thing. Uh, it really signals to you, ah, yes, I am here to get wankered. I mean, but that's what you're doing. But there's also a social element, and that's why I bop around. I like to just see what everyone's at. Do you miss nightclubs then? No, because I don't like nightclubs because they're loud and invasive. I, I, I think maybe it's a bit alienating to put out the niche reference to Costello's on a podcast mm. that's not just Limerick people listening to it. But that kind of place, do you miss that kind of place? Yeah, I do. Where there's stuff happening and like 
there's some evenings and you just want to be on your own and you just want to pint in a quiet place. There's other evenings where, yeah, you just want a lot to be going on around you. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and again, yeah, it, it takes away that pretense of I'm just here to get shit faced. It's well, there's other things I can do here. Now, I, unless you're unless you're doing a bit of like afternoon drinking or evening drinking in a beer garden or something, which is still kind of fun. I mean, being inside in a pub where you can't even go to the bar, it's not that that doesn't do it for me. No, no, it's extremely utilitarian. I don't mind being outside in a beer garden. I don't like being inside and it being kind of restauranty without the food. Because mm. I, I get I get antsy in restaurants anyway. If I'm not eating... You want to be just, out? I, yeah, I want to be out. Right. I don't like hanging around in them. I like I like eating. I like chatting. Maybe like if I'm finished my dinner and I've, I have a drink in front of me, I like that. But I don't like... Like on Monday I finished a pint... And I had to wait for another pint, and it was like, I don't know what to do here. And I actually got up and got out, went out of the pub. <laughs> I know what you mean, because when you don't have a drink in front of you, it feels like you're not, you're not using the utility of the bar. Now yeah, you're yeah. just sitting, and now you're not supposed to be there. Yeah, and I, I ended up just getting out of the pub because I couldn't. Like, I was trying to attract attention of the fellow behind the bar, but, but no, I just, uh, I got a little bit kind of like I have to do something and the energy overtook me and I was gone. Yeah, I, I, Ireland is not a country well adjust, adjusted to, to a bar table service. But they really need, will need to up the ante on it. You, yeah. you know, you, you can't just be standing behind the bar chatting anymore if, if you want customers because you have to actually be out and moving and making sure everyone is all right. Honestly. Do you know what's a weird one for me? A lot of bars in Dublin, table service is done by women and behind the bar is men. Hmm. Which really is bizarre. And I asked, yeah. I asked, because uh, there's one, one of my favourite bars, uh, uh, at least close to my house, does this kind of thing. And I saw one of the bartenders who I knew had stopped working there. Now, this would have been last year in a different pub. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, do you know that whole thing where women aren't allowed behind the bar? What the fuck's going on? What was his take? And he said just management think that women will spend too much time talking if they're the ones behind the bar. Oh. Yeah. And I was like. Oh fuck! I don't know if I want to go back there now because that's a really shitty thing to think. And on the other side, isn't the the fantasy of a barman being that like psychologist type? I will talk to you about anything while you're at my bar. Don't you want someone behind there that's going to talk? Yeah, I like. Also, I mean, I don't know, but also I would have just imagined there'd be a bit more heavy lifting moving between tables and. Yeah, yeah, I did that that too. But yeah, that really blew me away. I was like, fuck, that's an actual thought a human being had. And that's why they not that, you know, because I was expecting him to go, oh, shit, I never noticed that. But you're right. But no, straight away he went, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's what they do. And fuck. I remember years ago I was working in a factory and on the factory line. It was like nearly all women and then men on the machines. Okay. And like the reason I could think of is because men are way slower. Right. 
Like, so they're the ones that needed the assistance of technology, of mechanation. Well, the the machine was awkward. You could just, you know, you, like you, you didn't need to be nimble or you didn't need to be quick to do it. You just stuck it to the machine, pressed the button mm. and passed along. Whereas with the other thing, there was a little bit more, you needed a little bit more dexterity. Like I could tell I was shit at the other thing and that's why they moved me onto it. But then when you looked at all the machines, it was all fellas. What did you do in a factory? Put stents on catheters. Okay. Yeah. And a stent in this instance would be like a valve. It'd be okay putting people's hearts. Jimmy them in there. And a catheter? A catheter is um, a kind of a long stick that you wedge into someone and drive it up towards their heart. So, all right, okay, I'm going to out myself as the least biological thing. What's the thing you put up your peepus then? I don't know, toy soldiers. (laughs) (laughs) You're poor army men. Uh, What's the thing then you you put up your penis for the piss? Oh, I don't know. One of us is making a horrible mistake here, and I'm fairly sure it's me because you actually worked with these implements. Yeah, well, I knew what I was do- uh, doing was just one putting the stint in the catheter. Right. Okay. Was that fun? No. No. Okay. Going back to pubs, have you ever had a drink thrown in your face? No, I'm a gentleman. You're a gentleman. Uh, have you? No. Ah, oh, really but you know where I'm going with this. Hmm. That our. Um, oh yeah. 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 Our drear leader, Leo, got a smoothie fucked in his face last week. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, thoughts? Thoughts one was a pure gowl. Why? I mean, it's like, it's like that, it's, it's just looking for attention. But he was standing in front of And then that pathetic little fucking jog away with her skateboard. It was like, oh, you fucking tool. Okay. And so I'd be like, I'd be like a divil if somebody done it to me. You you, you don't think he deserves uh, for anything he's done uh, a, a smoothie thrown at him? I don't think it achieves anything. I think it's 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 a real pathetic form of protest. Okay, so I well, first of all, I found it hilarious, but I was doing a bit of reading about it, and seemingly this stems from a practice called milkshaking. Which yeah, it happened Nigel Farage in England where they, they threw a milkshake on. I don't, I just, just don't like it as a thing. But what interests me about it is is that is where it came from, basically. is because it, it's this relatively passive form of protests that seems to be usually aimed at people on the right to far right. So obviously, yeah, you've got Nigel Farage. Uh, it also happened to Tommy Robinson, who is... Um, an anti-Islam activist, Carl Benjamin, who is of the UK Independence Party. Also, a fun fact I learned that was it was seemingly such a, a, a thing people were so horny about doing during the Brexit campaign and the fallout of the Brexit campaign that police in Edinburgh had to go to McDonald's to ask them not to sell milkshakes I remember during that a Farage yeah. visit. I so, remember that. It was kind of funny with the Farage one because you could hear his comments afterwards, which were kind of, it was just like, yeah, okay. That, that's what made it funny rather than the actual action itself. I don't but know. did I you just, hear Leo's I think comments afterwards? What was his comments? 
So Leo afterwards says, when I saw her coming towards me, I actually thought she was Avril Lavigne at first because she had the skateboard and everything. But unfortunately, it wasn't. I think it's wonkier that Leo sees any girl with a skateboard as being Avril Lavigne. Yes, this is this is it. Like th- this man who reaches for such cultural relevance. He's the same man that at the start of lockdown used a Love Actually quote to rally the public. And of course, his fucking mind is the one that thinks, let's make me seem relevant by talking about Avril Lavigne. Who, I'm like, hip, I'm young, I'm wizard. Yeah, and this is a reference that is probably 20 years old anyway. Yeah, yeah. And to make him even less relatable then, his follow-up to it was, but look, I had a spare suit and I just got on with the day's work, which is just the most fucking Leo outlook on anything. Of course you've got a spare suit, because of course you do. But even though, yeah, it's shitty to throw a smoothie on someone, going back to this general milkshaking thing, and what I do kind of like about it, is that it puts him in the same company as Farage and Robinson and Benjamin. Do you think that it might have been a false flag in There's order that to bring too, yes. all the boys to the yard. <laughs> well, maybe I didn't know Khalees was involved, but uh, I did see people online thinking that perhaps it had been fabricated because of the way she interacted with the camera crew before she actually walked up to him. But it could also be Khalees trying to make uh, a comeback. Well, I am going to head off to my football, put my balls in some nets. You go and have fun with your balls. Oh, before you go, I want to bring out a couple of shout outs just to some cool media things I saw in the last week or so. Okay. Check out a show on Netflix called Staged. It's with David Tennant and Michael Sheen, where the two actors are playing themselves and they're trying to rehearse a play over lockdown. And they just really fucking nailed it. It's fantastic. It's very much like in the vein of the trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Mm. Uh, they're constantly nagging at each other, but it's it's really good. Uh, also check out a podcast called Call It Friendo. It's a movie review podcast with our mate Dunica Tiernan. Obviously ours is more important, so you know don't listen to them until you've listened to us. But give it a go. Uh, yeah, also... A happy belated International Red Panda Day to everyone, which also coincided with the day of my birthday. Hmm. And there's a new South Park pandemic special coming out on the 30th. Oh, fantastic. I'll have to look at that. I'm a big fan of South Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very tasty. Okay, well, you go and have fun with balls. Up yours, Adam. Up yours, Stephen.